Piffling FM Radio. This is Jennifer Delacroix, Piffling FM. This episode of Wooden Overcoats is sponsored by teencooks.co.uk. Cooking courses for teenagers in the heart of France. Why aren't you listening to Piffling FM Radio? Rudyard Fun runs a funeral home in the village of Piffling Vale. He used to run it by himself. He doesn't anymore. When we last left Rudyard, a bomb had exploded and the entire world was about to cave in. Is anyone hurt? Is anyone dead? If this doesn't shift a few of my books, then nothing will. Wooden Overcoats, created by David K. Barnes. Season 2, Episode 7. Undertakers Underground, by David K. Barnes and Tom Crowley. Now then, where did I leave off? There we go. Rudyard had made friends with Jerry the Baker, who, in a stroke of bad luck, had turned out to be a deadly maniac. But the bomb intended for Eric Chapman had blown up the entrance to the uranium mine. The dust was beginning to clear. Intense religious experiences some people would get after a brush with death. Yeah. Well, I didn't have one. What a sweet. I'm here, sir. You're bruised and covered in hundreds and thousands, but there's no bones broken. Madeline? She's on my shoulder. She's safe. But I still can't see where. Oh, God. Where's Antigone? Oh, God! Where's Eric? Where, indeed? As the rest of us counted our limbs on the island's surface, there stirred within the pitch-black interior of the crumbling mineshaft a frightened and thoroughly fed-up figure. Hello? Hello? Anyone here? Fantastic. Underground, entirely alone, in total perfect darkness. I knew it would end like this. Knew or somehow hoped. No, that's ridiculous. I'm not suicidal. Not today, anyway. Antigone? Oh, you did that on purpose. (laughs) Yes, I did, actually. How are you? All in one piece. I see you survived. Yeah, just barely. Oh, this suit was brand new today as well. My heart bleeds for you. Oh, what are we looking at here? Come on, bloody phone. Cost enough. Ah, oh, there we are. Thank God the torch still works. 
So now we can look at bare rock face instead of pitch black nothing. Our hero. Okay. Your brother and his new best mate just tried to kill me with a DIY IED, and given our current predicament, they may not have actually failed. None of that's my fault. Nor is it mine, so I'd appreciate it if for once you'd stop giving me a hard time. Why don't you stop yelling at me and do something useful? Does your phone have any signal or not? No. Because of the uranium? Because they're not in the Reverend's bathroom. Besides, there's no uranium left. Altogenev was a damn good miner. I'm more worried about Jerry. Jerry? Do you think he could be down here with us? I expect if he were, he'd have killed us by now. And he hasn't? So he isn't. Next question. Look, he could be hiding somewhere. Biding his time. Are you telling me this hasn't happened to you a long time ago? Or what, being hunted down by a killer pastry chef? Yes. Oh yeah, it used to happen every day. Well, look, I, I can't see any tunnels for him to hide in. Which also means we're entirely trapped. This chamber isn't very big and there's nowhere for us to go. So... All we can do is sit here and wait to be rescued. Exactly. God knows how long that could take. Until then, it's just the two of us trapped here alone, in the dark. Practically on top of each other. More or less. Smashing. Meanwhile, outside the mine, Piffling's best and brightest had gathered to survey the situation. By which I mean... Agatha Doyle had popped over from the sweet shop to see what was going on. So, let me get this straight, as they say. Jerry whips out a bomb. Yes. He sets it off. Yeah. And the mine collapses. Got it. I see. Suspicious, one could say. I thought so. Blooming heck, how about we stop wasting time and actually do something? Young woman, I'm on the verge of solving a most interesting case. Antigone and Eric are trapped in there. They could be dead already. Don't we have any emergency services? There's the Coast Guard and the Fire Marshal. Great. Where are they? They're both me. I could fetch a rubber ring or a bucket of sand. It's your choice. Flipping Nora. Rudyard! Rudyard, what is wrong with you? <laughs> oh, poor chap. He's in shock. Seen it before. Usually a prelude to the five stages of grieving. Rudyard, this is no time for grieving. We don't know if Antigone... And Eric... Yeah, and Eric, whatever. We don't know if they're even alive in there. For God's sake, Rudyard, wake up! Bomb, what bomb? I didn't mention... I don't know anything about a bomb. I'm not even convinced there was a any bomb. Prove it, I defy you. Oh, dear. Stage one, denial. It's a storm in a teacup. You'll see. Give me that pickaxe. Hey here, Antigone! I'll have this rubble cleared in a jiffy. Not long now! Well, he's having bugger all effect on those rocks, but you can't fault his enthusiasm, can you? We can't sit here all day watching Rudyard fail. I get enough of that at work. Oh, very good. Yeah. We have to find another way into that mine. I suppose you could do with a map of the tunnels. Oh! I think Desmond's got one of those. Has he? Yes. Uh, when was it? Um, oh, that's right. We were planning a treasure hunt for Lady Templar's birthday. Never did find the prize. But who says you can't have a jolly birthday surrounded by mining equipment? <laughs> that's my motto. Reverend, where are those plans? I, um, uh, ooh, uh, I don't know. You'd have to ask Desmond. Right, I'm on it. Rudyard, are you caught? Flipping hell. Let me throw you obstinate rocks! It's like talking to a brick wall. You two, make sure he doesn't hurt himself. Righto. I'll be back! I suppose I ought to stay here. A fire could break out. 
Have you got a bucket of sand? No. Ooh, you've got me worried now. I knew that whatever Georgie did was likely to be quite exciting, so I asked a ladybird to take notes for me while I accompanied Georgie to the office of Piffling Vale's premier statesman, Mayor Desmond Desmond. Now, where are we now? Um, ah, spreadsheets! Budget deficit. <laughs> Recycle bin. <laughs> well, that wasn't so hard. Mr. Mayor! Well, oh, Corks, they found me. Your Worship, I need access to your files now. No, 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 please. I declared all my legitimate earnings. Travel and bribes I exempt. I checked. Stop climbing out the window. You can't make me. Come back. This isn't about your taxes. There's been an accident. Antigone could be in terrible danger. Who? Uh, Eric Chapman could be in terrible danger. Eric? We can't have that. How can I help? Okay. Eric and Antigone. Who? Stop it. I'm trapped in the old uranium mine. I need to know what's under piffling. Mine shafts, sewers, everything. We have to get into that mine. Exactly. Right, you'd better find some maps. You mean you don't know where they are? Well, I don't always read everything I'm given. In fact, come to think of it, you do. <sighs> Damn it. You know where things are now. The files, the hat stand, the cocktail recipe book. Where is that, by the way? Still on your desk. Oh, uh, there we are. Now, find me the page for a rum and coke. Me lad, focus. Are you sure you don't have any chart of the island? Uh, well, um, uh, yes, yeah, wait a minute. Ah, here we are, look. <laughs> what is it? A McPiffling kid's non-copyright infringing laughter meal. On the box, there's a kiddie's fun map. You can punch it out and make a little piffling of your own. <sighs> Fine. The lighthouse... The Owl Sanctuary, Chapman's. Hang on. Fun funerals should be here. Then there'd be no room for the safari park. Bingo! Old uranium mine. Here be danger. You're not kidding, Ronald McPiffling. If only all those dancing chips went in the way. Ah! There's no time for this. I need real charts of the island. Topographic map. I'm sorry, Miss Crusoe. I haven't seen anything like that since our last spring clean. That was before your time, of course. Back when it was still run by... <laughs> Marjorie! Oh, no! That's it, Mr. Mayor. She can help us. No! No, you mustn't. She's too dangerous. She'll bite your nose off and use it as a pencil sharpener. That's very impractical. And there's no other way. I've got to speak to her. At the Chapman Community Hospital. Whilst the mayor crawled under his desk in terror, tensions were running a little high in the dark of the uranium mine. Three, two, two one. one. Uh, oh, Christ! Paper beats rock. Sorry. Oh, yes. The Crusaders' trebuchets are at the gates. But not to worry, Saladin. I've got this lovely piece of paper. How do you know so much about the Battle of Acre? I was a lonely child. Not altogether surprising. What do you mean by that? Nothing. Let's play again. Best of 309. If all we're going to do is sit around playing rock, paper, scissors, and I'd rather be stuck down here alone. Just me and my regrets and Saladin behind the city walls. This place isn't exactly an adventure playground. What do you want us to do? Talk to each other, maybe. Talk? All right. Who wants to go first? 
well. I know. Why don't we talk about how you and your brother have shown me nothing but resentment ever since I arrived here? I don't like that topic very much. That's funny, nor do I. You try and wreck everything I do, you scorn my every attempt to make friends. Anytime I try and help you, you assume I'm playing some kind of mind game. Well, you're clever enough. You could be playing a mind game with me right now. Antigone, please. <gasps> Perhaps you planned the whole thing from the start just to get me alone down here. But why, Chapman? Why? God, Antigone! You know the only reason we're stuck in a mine shaft is because your brother tried to help someone turn me into pate. Well, I knew they were up to no good. And you said nothing. You couldn't tell me your own brother was trying to murder me. No! Why not? It's embarrassing! Why do I... even try? Chapman, you move in across the square. You open up your own funeral home. It's better than ours, and you know it. Why do you think it's so strange that we don't get on? Okay, look, let's just cool off for a second. No! It's just the stress getting to us. We didn't cool off when you were insulting me. Fine. Let's open Pandora's box. Basically, I'm a businessman, and we're in a competitive industry. It wasn't until you showed up. Oh, what's the use? All the islands to choose from. Why'd you come here? I can't tell you that. Did it all start a long time ago? No. Quite recently, as a matter of fact. But that's all I'm able to say right now. Fine. Be enigmatic if it gives you any comfort. And if you remember, before I came along, you hadn't even stepped outside in 17 years. Maybe I preferred it. You can't mean that. How do you know? Maybe it was better when I'd forgotten what the world was like. <gasps> what is it now? Give me your torch. Why? Oh, Look. Look. And it's sticking out of the rubble. Good Lord, you're right. It's somebody's arm. And whilst Antigone and Eric made their gruesome discovery, events outside the mine were hotting up too. Turn you into a pebble bitch! Ah, we may have moved on to anger! Excuse me! Over here! Over here! What the devil's going on over there? Not all. Stay back, please. Thank you very much. Jennifer Delacroix, Piffling FM. Ms. Doyle, would you care to comment? About what? Anything you like. I'm just pleased to be here. Right, step aside. This is for the professionals. Come on, darling, give us a story. No. Oh, please. I'll be your friend. Dealing with the press, Miss Doyle? Just keeping the massing hordes at bay. I've never been called a massing horde before. I don't think I like it, Miss Doyle. Does this point to an anti-press bias in the Piffling Constabulary? Oh, how do you respond to the allegations that you have hurt my feelings? I didn't mean to offend anybody. Sorry, everyone. Oh, well, not to worry. No harm done. You're not going to let her off the hook like that, are you? Look, hypocritical Piffling police shamefaced after press bashing gaff. That's how you do it. Oh, that does sound sharp. Oh, for goodness sake. Let me have a bash at them, Miss Doyle. Yeah, I move this police tape aside. What's it made of? Strawberry laces. It was all I had on me. Now, Reverend Waverley, mm. can you give us the picture on the tragic events of this afternoon? Yes. Jerry had a bomb... And then he blew it up. God, that's vivid. And now, can you tell us a little bit about your own personal trauma after this tragedy? Uh, oh, uh, I'm terribly sorry. I don't think I have any. You've not been crying, howling, any thrashing? No, not really. Oh, no story here, then. Oh, half four. 
I'm off for a pint. It's your round. Well, I, I actually, uh, I, I suppose I am rather worried about Eric Chapman. <gasps> Eric Chapman? <gasps> what about Eric Chapman? He was in there during the cave-in with Antigone Fun. I thought she was dead. No, she thought you were dead. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you see, the two of them are either trapped inside that little lot or, well, worse. You mean Eric Chapman killed? Brilliant! This is even better than the last time he died. I didn't say he was dead. But to the best of your knowledge, you can't confirm he isn't. And when you put it like that, I suppose I can't. Great! Finally, something to actually talk about on the air. I'll have to bump the word search to page three. Joy, good work, Reverend. You've kept them busy. I hope Chapman doesn't mind me saying he's dead. He's never had a problem with it before. Mm. Oi, is that Rudyard Fun over there? Eh? Oh, well, um... Hey, Mr Fun! Mr Fun! Mr Fun! Get out of it. Rudyard, boy. Watch it, Rudyard. Are you relieved to hear... Jennifer Delacroix, Piffling FM. Are you relieved to hear that your nemesis, Eric Chapman, may have been slain? Or are you annoyed you didn't do it yourself? Unless he did do it himself. You don't think he did? Mr Fun, did you do it yourself? Give me five more minutes, that's all I need. Hey, What's he talking about? Could you clarify that for our listeners, Mr Fun? I'll do anything. Just five more minutes. Oh, splendid! We're up to bargaining now! Only two stages left to go! (laughs) Elsewhere, Georgie had arrived at the Chapman Community Hospital. Piffling Vale boasts two busy and thriving hospitals and only one doctor between them. Dr Henry Edgware met Georgie in the foyer, had a good cry and then led her down to the maximum security wing. You know I can't say I approve of this Miss Crusoe. I don't have a choice, Doctor. I need those maps. She's incredibly dangerous, so don't get too close. She bit off one of my fingers yesterday. Eesh. Are you okay? Oh, yes. I'm too tired to feel pain. Oh, here we are. Room 666. Miss Smith, we'd like a word of you, please. Do you have an appointment? I do so like it when people have an Ah, 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 yes, yes, very original. If you need me, Miss Crusoe, I'll just be here. Cheers. You have a sit down, eh? My legs seized up four months ago. But thank you. Marjorie? You in there? Oh! It's you! My replacement. You've heard that? Ah, the odd fact or figure finds its way to me, like whispers on the breeze. Plus, Dr. Edgware collapses in the corridor and talks in his sleep. He's better than the world service. How convenient. I still remember every corner of this island. Every tiny detail. How is dear old fun funerals? Not bad. What about Rudyard's little pet mouse? Ask her. And the chip in the dresser by the kitchen door? It's still there now. Could you... And how is that mug that you broke on the 11th of June? We threw it away. Look, shut up. I need your help. Straight and to the point. I like that. You know, we're not so very different, you and I. Yeah, we are. No, we're not. We are, though. Not so different. 
we are extremely different people. Maybe in a few small areas. Like, I haven't gone on a killing spree. Not yet, anyway. I'm not doing it. Sure about that? Not gonna happen. I think you will. Well, I won't. We'll see. That doesn't mean anything, just saying we'll see. We'll see, though, won't we? Would you shut up? See, getting close. Marjorie, this is serious. I need something. My, oh my. What on earth could the mayor's bright, shiny new assistant possibly need from the little old obsolete me? You won't get it! I need maps of the underground tunnels of Piffling. Well, ask the mayor where they are. He says he can't remember where anything is after your last spring clean. But I told him! I took him through every last detail! (gasps) But that's all in the past now. You going to tell me where they are or what? Perhaps I will. But first, I want something from you. Okay, go for it. It's not much to ask. Yes, what Just is it? Just a teeny, tiny little... Marjorie, what is it you want? The admin. The admin? I want it. All of it. Every building permit. Every declaration of a site of natural interest. Every naming of a park bench. Everything will come through me, and I will know Everything! I shall be everything! This whole village, this whole island, it will all be me, and then only then will I. Yeah, alright. Sorry, we can have the admin. What? All of it? Yeah, it's really boring. Done. Deal. Oh. Well. Yes. Alright. Good. Good. Shall we shake on it? No, thanks. Damn, I was really starting to like fingers. So, where are the maps? Cocktail recipe book. Oh, for flip's sake. <sighs> I just made that rum and coke. Dr. Edgeware, she's all yours. Piffling mm-hmm. wine disaster. There's firm honey and free port. Should I just... It's better not to wake him. I'm not a doctor. I am a... Whilst Georgie made for the hall to fix a belated rum and coke, Antigone and Eric were analysing the familiar arm sticking out from amongst the rubble. So, that's the end of Jerry, crushed by his own cave-in. Are you sure it's him? See the large callus on his thumb and the heel of his palm? That's a kneading hand. He doesn't need much anymore. Oh, yes, he's a baker, sorry. He was a violent monomaniac, and he manipulated my brother. But I'm still sorry he's dead. Stupid, isn't it? Got to accept death in our line of work. Of course I accept it. I just don't like it. Never have. It seems he was reaching out for something as he died. Oh! Look at this. Desmond Desmond's secret illegal reserve... Happy birthday, Lady Templar. 30 again, is it? Ha ha. Oh, sorry, that may have been offensive, love, Mayor. Moonshine. That cheeky old mayor. Ah, oh. I think drinking it might send us blind. But I'll bet you it's loaded with methanol. Very useful if you've got an arm to embalm. A job for a pair of undertakers, wouldn't you say? I suppose nobody else can hold a service for him. I think I've got something to inject this with, too. Let's see... My journal, a compass, a couple of passports. What's in that flask? Holy water. Really? No, it's Perrier. Ah, here we go. 
portable embalmer's friend. Syringe, cotton pads, car sickness tablets. Never leave the house without it. Very impressive. Pass it over. Full dose of the Mayor's Reserve. You'd better get speaking, haven't you? Oh, uh, yes. Well... Come on, come on. All right. Farewell, Jerry. Despite your anger management problems and your recent attempt to kill me, we hope that you now find the peace you so evidently needed, which murder, sadly, well, happily, was not able to provide. Unless we starve to death, in which case, top job. Apply fluid to subject. And may your God be with you. May not be much, Jerry, but at least you'll have a presentable forearm wherever you're going. You know, considering we had no resources and no warning and no genuine affection for the deceased, I think we gave him a pretty good send-off. Front page news, Eric Chapman leads successful funeral. Antigone Fun, brilliant once again. Yes, well, shut, shut up. <laughs> Come on. You know you are. You're an artisan. I wonder when we'll get out of here. Remember Mr. Noggin's funeral? Nobody else could have done that. And then there's your scented embalming fluids and those chocolates you designed. Don't tell me you like them. Don't <laughs> like them. They're amazing. Beautiful, in fact. An acquired taste, maybe. But then again, I once had to live off scorpion meat in the Mojave Desert for six days, so what do I know? Uh, you should probably forget that. You bought my chocolates. Had to fight for it, mind you. Agatha did say something about having the remaining stock destroyed in a controlled explosion, but I managed to talk around. Well, I, well, I, I suppose I, I should say lots of positive things about you, then. You don't have to. Why? Because you know you're fantastic. Yep. Doesn't get us out of this pickle, though, does it? They've probably forgotten all about us up there. No. Bet they're in a right old panic, calling out the SAS, Interpol, MI5, which could be awkward. Ah... Uh, my phone. Low battery. Y yes. Which will mean uh, no more light. I'd rather die in the dark. At least then you don't know when it's happened. I've given it a lot of thought. We'll be fine. Really. Just fine. Chapman? Yep. Getting a bit chilly, isn't it? Well, it must be getting late. Well, I know a few survival tactics. If they don't find us by nightfall, we'll have to huddle together for warmth. Though they didn't know it, help was on its way. It seems the reporters have wandered off, Ms. Doyle. Yes, Reverend. I think they lost interest. Probably making a beeline for the post office. I hear Mrs. Lemkoff has a bunion in the shape of David Niven. How peculiar. I heard Douglas Fairbanks. Oh. Well, either way, it's got a moustache. How's Rudyard getting on? Up to depression, I think. One stage to go. Look, Reverend, Miss Crusoe's come back. Yes, you are, bro. Oh, I say, we. <laughs> Steady on. <sighs> Thought we could do with a bit of speed and efficiency. <sighs> Nigel, Nigel, we must get one of these. <sighs> Whack it on the Christmas list. Miss Crusoe, did you find the maps you needed? Right here. We need to find the tunnel that gets us into that mine shaft. Let's see. There's Smuggler's Cove. Oh, and the Sodbury family crypt. Oops. We probably should have put him in there. Hey, what are these? All these straight, even tunnels and large chambers all linked together. Those can't be natural. Of course. The old military complex. I didn't think we had a military presence on Kifling. 
Well, uh, no. Those tunnels were going to be part of a military hospital excavated in the early 1940s by, um, well, a handful of piffling residents who were um, sympathetic to certain other countries who might have shown an interest in occupying the island at one point. Ooh, that's difficult. So they wanted to build them an underground hospital next to a large uranium deposit. I said they were sympathetic, not considerate. Hey, look. One of the tunnels runs parallel to the mine shaft. Right next to Crankenhouse Statue on Dry. Not so loud. If we can get in, we could dig through it in no time. And it looks like the best way into the base is Smuggler's Cove. It's not far, but the sun's going down. If we don't get in there pretty quick, they'll freeze to death. That's not going to happen, Reverend. Because I'm going to bring them back alive. Look after Rudyard for me! No problem! Could the rescue mission reach Antigone and Eric in time? In the depths of the mine shaft, the temperature was dropping, as were their hopes of escape. Not long till the lights go out. You know, if you went down here with me, they'd never have noticed I was missing in the first place. Come on, that's not true. I once got trapped under a body, Mr. Pressburger, three-time winner of the local stockiest man competition. Nobody came down to check on me for three days. How did you survive? I subsisted on bitterness. Hmm. Reminds me of the time I was mountaineering in South America. What? No, go on. I was halfway up Aconcagua when I slipped and fell into a crevasse. My arm got trapped in the rocks. I couldn't even move. It was agony. I was hanging on for dear life. And in my mind, the dark thought... Is either lose the arm and fall to my death, or stay there and waste away. What happened? Oh, another mountaineer passed by and helped me up. Uh, of course they did. There was a hospital around the corner with a sauna. And where diamonds were used as cheap currency. How do you do it? Do what? Do all of it. You've been everywhere, done everything. Yes. But at what cost? Chapman! Yes, sorry. And keep grabbing people's attention all the time, like the eyes of the world are upon you and you thrive on it. Well, nothing ventures. It's just so alien to me. Oh, don't make an exhibition of yourself, my parents said. You don't want to look a fool. You know, they took us to the circus once. As a birthday treat. Six years old. I mean, Roger didn't want to come. He wanted to stay at home with his electric train set. He kept saying the service would break down if he wasn't there. He got incredibly anxious about that train set. But you did go, in the end? Yes, I didn't like it at first. I'd been looking forward to it all day, punching Rajad in the arm whenever he complained, but once we got there, I just couldn't get excited about tightrope walking and lion taming. Yes, I always find lion taming's more fun to do than to watch. Everyone else was applauding and gasping, and I didn't know what was wrong with me. And then, just at the end, they brought on the clowns. You like the clowns? One in particular, Bijou. Dressed all in white, except for this big red nose. And she tumbled and flipped and caught buckets of water in the face. Just thriving on doing whatever she liked. My parents didn't approve. And Rudyard kept shouting, For the love of God, can we all be serious about this for a minute? But I couldn't stop watching her. It was the happiest night of my life. Surprised you didn't try and follow in her footsteps. I tried. I was stopped. 
but she was so charismatic and free and I wanted to be just like her. I'd give anything to see Bijou again. How about next week? <laughs> that isn't funny. No, I mean it. If it's the travelling circus you're talking about, they're still touring. Really? They never stopped. They just travel from one end of the island and back again. It's something to do with arts funding, I don't know. But Bijou's still there and performing. The things you miss when you spend 17 years in a mortuary. Why don't we go? Together? Yeah. If we ever make it out of here alive, I mean. <laughs> you don't need to humour me. I'm not. I'd love to meet the person who can make Antigone fun laugh. Besides, I haven't been to a decent circus in ages. Ah. Uh, okay. That's bad. No battery. And no light. Great. Great. Oh, great. Okay, that's great. Uh, uh, Antigone, are you still there? Of course I am. There's nowhere to go. Thank you. It's... This is going to sound... Uh, I'm afraid I'm not terribly altogether in... You're scared of the dark. No, no. It's... It's just not knowing what's up and what's down and how far it all is. It's, it's really... That, that, that's what it all is. It just... Breathe... Try and relax. It's really hard to do that. You're fine. I can see you. Can you? Yes. All those years in a mortuary, you adapt. <laughs> well, how do I look? I could hold your hand, if you like. Sorry? I mean, if it would help you at all. <laughs> sure, sure. No, please. Happy to try it. I'm holding my hand out. I know. I can see it. I'm taking your hand now. Antigone? Yes. Thanks. That really does make it better. Uh-huh. Teamwork, eh? <laughs> Antigone? Antigone, what's... What's that sound? What's, what sound? There's, there's no sound. There's just... No, no, no. There's something coming from... Yes, we're here. The day was saved. Having prized Antigone's hand away from Eric's, Georgie led them through the tunnel network and outside into the cool night air. But mice have an instinct for unfinished business, and I could tell that things weren't over yet. Look, there they are. They're saved. Hooray! Hooray! Told you, I'm great at bringing people back alive. No bones broken, Eric. If you sue us, I'll be quite understanding, though bankrupt. It's okay, my dignity's bruised, that's all. Antigone? Oh, I can't people leave well alone. What was that? I said, yes, so well done, Georgie, big help, thanks. You must all have quite the story to tell. Let's just say, I've seen a lot of tunnels with some very striking insignia on them. And let's never speak of it again. <clears throat> here, here! <laughs> hey, where's Richard been during all this? No, no, look. Here, I, I think it's... Yes, it's acceptance. I'm accepting it now. Rudyard, there's nothing to accept. Look at us, we're fine. Don't be ridiculous, Antigone. You're dead down a mineshaft, and that's okay. Poor fellow's exhausted. 
He should really put that pickaxe down before he... Ah! Hurts himself. I thought... Oh, I thought acceptance was a nice bit. Oh, hang on, sir. I'm coming. Get you for this, Chapman. How is it my... Never mind. I'd better help take him to Dr. Edgeware. Eric, Mr. Marlowe's here and wants an interview. Shall we all go for an Indian? Papa Dom's are on me, Eric boy. (laughs) (laughs) I'll catch you up. Antigone, wait. What happened? In the mineshaft? That was important. You thought so? It meant something back there. Couldn't you feel it? Well, I... Well, I... Maybe maybe I... What's happening? Antigone, I... I want you. Christ! I've not finished. I want you to come and work with me. Do what? Jerry's funeral. The two of us, side by side. It really got me thinking. You and I could run a funeral parlour with twice the potential of Chapman's and five times the potential of fun funerals. Hey, what do you mean, five times the potential? Look, you and me, working together, running our own funeral parlour, it could work. I know it's a lot to think about, but I'm just... Please think about it. Rudyard, stop moving. You'll break your ankle. Oh, my ankle! Uh, All right, Chapman, I'll... um... Think about it. I'll see you next week at the circus. Enjoy yourself. The two of us together. Oh, bloody, bloody hell. Georgie, you're not helping. Stop writhing in agony. As Rudyard writhed and Georgie fussed, Neither knew that Antigone faced a decision that could, quite permanently, spell the end of fun funerals as we knew it. Undertakers Underground was written by David K. Barnes and Tom Crowley and was performed by Felix Trench as Rudyard, Beth Eyre as Antigone, Tom Crowley as Eric, Hera Baxendale as Georgie, Sean Baker as the Mayor, Andy Seekham as Reverend Wavering, Alison Skilbeck as Agatha Doyle, Elma Calpine as Marjorie, Paul Putner as Sid Marlowe, Alana Ross as Jennifer Delacroix, David K. Barnes as Dr. Edgware, and Belinda Lang as Madeline, with additional voices by Holly Campbell and Pip Gladwin. Original music composed by James Whittle. The programme was recorded at the Art Space Studios by Tom Guilieron and was directed and produced by Andy Goddard and John Wakefield. Hello, and thank you so much for listening to episode seven of series two of Wooden Overcoats. We are sadly very nearly at the end of the series, but thank you for sticking with us so far. Of course, if you want to extend your Wooden Overcoats experience, you can jump online and pre-order the Christmas episode that comes out on the 22nd and is written by the very people who wrote the episode you've just listened to. So that's all very exciting and wonderful. Uh, If you live in London, uh, bear in mind that the very last of the live shows from the series will be next Monday at the Horse and Stables in Waterloo. Um, tickets are selling extremely quickly for that though so if you do want to uh, book as soon as you hear this podcast as soon as you hear this pod thank you Uh, and if you want already you can follow us on our various social media channels that's Facebook Twitter Instagram and Tumblr Uh, and I think that's all from me yes that is all from me and John will see you off next week for episode 8 have a lovely time